Hey everybody, it is uh, 2019, I'm Joel, with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. We're the Board Game Mechanics, and welcome to the show. Uh, if you're new to us, thanks. If you've been around for a while, thank you to you too. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, man, I'm excited, Jason. Things are getting better and better all the time. They really are. Like We've gotten a bunch more likes this week, and listens are still happening pretty well, so that's exciting. So keep it up. For sure. And I think we're almost to the point now where like we can't mention people by name because or like yeah, like, hey, here's someone in my game group because people are like, Who's that? So like <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, that's kind of a cool place to be, I guess. A little bit at least. Um so I will say this though. Um, something clever. I don't know. I haven't been able to play as many board games as I wanted, but I'm I'm still playing. I'm still enjoying them. Looking forward to this top 100 we're doing this week. Yep, same. I've gotten a few more games in this weekend than I have, so that's good. That's exciting. That's cool. And our our YouTube channel is still going. Um, I know I put a review up there, and you've done a couple of them last week. So if you're looking for something to watch, check us out. We're over there. For sure. I have a bunch of games for sale, Jason, on my on my uh, on on our secret group. I posted that. Yeah. Because I had just, I just have too many games for my shelf space, and today I was just kind of sitting around thinking, and I was like, "Man, how do I solve this problem?" And uh, I went out and bought a shelf, so that's <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to get Katie to let me do too. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, I actually found a really cool shelving solution. If you're in the Midwest and there's Menards around you, there's these really cool, totally customizable shelves that are they're a touch smaller than expedite so they don't fit the standard days of wonder size boxes right but they fit like the arkham horror living card game like type box size and the yellow box size perfectly so they're really awesome shelves and they're on sale right now but it's like basically you pay per board and you custom make them however you want weird and i'm really digging them i'll I'll put a picture up on the riveted and on our uh, on our facebook page so if you're interested in those go to our facebook page you'll see them there that's awesome yeah i'll check it out because i need some new shelving Oh, they're really cheap too. Easy to put together. You just need like a rubber mallet and some some brute force. Real sturdy. <laughs> I'm digging them. Nice. Hey, by the way, uh, I just wanted to mention something here. Um, super fan Mike Picorni <laughs> is out there. Oh man, what do you do, Picorni? What do we What do we think of super fan Mike Picorni? He sent me a little uh, a little sound machine. So That's hilarious. We we can up our zany content here a little bit. Oh man, thanks Mike. Yeah, I get a feeling you really feel more like this. <laughs> <laughs> you feel more like that than this. <laughs> yeah, that Man, we need a laugh track. That is hilarious. For sure. Oh man. Well, hey, whatever brings in the so yeah, <laughs> that's not funny, dude. I was taking a drink. I almost spit it all out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so oh, man. we've hit new levels of zaniness <laughs> thanks to Mike. Oh, that's. Hilarious. I'm gonna sneak this baby in at the like least <laughs> least expected moment. I'm gonna see if I can get milk to come out of your nose tonight, Jason. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll try to chug this hey. thing down real quick. Hey, by the way, uh, Jason, you can take your earbuds out for a second because this doesn't pertain to you. All right. um, Jason didn't let me talk about games I played last week, so I've got two weeks worth of pent-up Keyforge to talk about. So <laughs> get ready for that, kids. Okay, can I put my headphones back in now? 
Yep, go ahead, Jason. Right, cool. I was just talking about what I got you for your birthday. <laughs> All right. I'll pretend like I didn't hear anything. Good job. Sounds good. All right, so it's still in the slow season for news. So instead of trying to find something that I really don't want to talk about, I'm going to talk about something that I'm super pumped about and kind of irritated about at the same time. And that is Goo Gong is finally shipping. It is here. And I know that for a fact because somebody in the riveted POTUS buh, posted their shipping label and it made me angry. So pretty soon we will have this glorious game in our fingertips. I can't wait. Hey, Jason. What's that? I don't think the person was me, but I got mine today too. Oh, God, so mad. <laughs> I posted on the post. I was like, this makes me so irritated. That's, oh. That happened last time too with Dinosaur Island. She got it first and then like three days later I got it. It was stupid. So I think the po- the shipping usually is really pretty quick. So I might, man, I'm hoping I have this by Saturday. It shipped today. I might have it by the time you guys hear this on Saturday or so. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and I'll I'll uh, I'll do like one of those indecent proposal shots, Jason. I'll be in a <laughs> pair of of uh, whitey tidies laying on my bed with Gugan components laying all over. Please don't making making snow angels. <laughs> all right, you can do that. Just don't post that anywhere, please. Hey, by the way, I do have a piece of news real quick too, Jason. All right. Uh, two things. One, on Reddit, they had some really awesome feedback for podcasters. It was like one of the top news stories for the week that was, hey, thanks to the podcasters who repeat the name of the game after they talk about it or rant about it, just at the end they go, by the way, I was talking about this. I think I'm going to try and make an intentional choice to try and do that because 1,000 people upvoted that. So I think that's probably worth doing. Uh, and if you're ever on Reddit, on the board games subreddit, like... OC original content gets just downvoted to death. But if you want to like, you know, share our love over there, you could. Um, and the other piece too is uh wingspan pre-order. It's up right now. I think the champions are going to get it shipped in the next couple days. So that's what I'm excited for. Uh, looking forward to that. So anyway, wingspan is uh, the other thing on my radar right now. And Rado's run through is posted. I watched it and it's awesome. Yeah. I, it looked awesome. I mean, I, my kids were yelling, so I kind of missed out on some of it. But what I did catch looks pretty cool. For sure. It is one good-looking game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Thanks, Picorni. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to talk about some games that we played. It's been a while because gaming was slow with the holidays and all that mess. Um, so... The first game, well, the only game I'm going to talk about is a game that I'm kind of late to the table on, I think. These games have been out for a while, and I played Unlock the Adventures of Oz. I've never played an escape room game. I haven't played any exits, any unlock, deckscape. I think there's one more, Escape the Room or something. I haven't played any of them, but I felt the need to try out my first one with the hardest one, and it destroyed us. We got like maybe a quarter way through the deck, and we were at we already our 90 minutes was already up. We spent another 30 minutes trying to figure out this one stupid puzzle that we couldn't figure out. It was crazy. It was super fun. Like I liked the concept of just going through the deck finding cards and then using those cards as the clues to find other cards so you don't have to rip stuff up. You can save it and give it to somebody else so they can play it. I kind of like that. It's interesting. So, I definitely want to try another one and I'm going to try to find an easier one so maybe I can actually escape and feel good about myself. So, unlock the adventures of Oz. I have that one. I haven't played it yet. I got a bunch of these when they were on clearance at GameStop. Uh, but I, I've played the formula, and then I played like this haunted house one. And I guess 
spoiler, I'll make sure I only talk for like the next 30 seconds starting now. So like, uh, the, okay, let me, let me reiterate what I'm going to do here. Spoiler. I'm going to, if you want to fast forward 30 seconds and not hear any spoilers, do that now. And I'll stop in 30 seconds. All right. So this one I had about a haunted house was like real, like, Hey, what's going on in this haunted house? And then like you got towards the end of it. And it was like, you find a satanic altar with pentagrams all over it. And like, <laughs> you have to like enter this code 666 to like solve the puzzle and stuff. Are you serious? Real weird. Yeah. It was just crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. So it's just like a real weird deal. Like this like family weight game got real dark and stuff. But anyway, I like those games a lot. That one was crazy. And now in one second, I can talk about other ones. So yeah, those games are really fun. <laughs> um, so if you skip 30 seconds, uh, I mean, I don't think anyone probably did. But if you did, I, I saved you from hearing something crazy. But anyway, I uh, the Wizard of Oz one's really hard. That's like true. Yeah, it's really hard because every character has their own little like quests that you have to do. And Dorothy's is mandatory and all the other ones are like optional. So you're trying to escape and you're also trying to do these quests. Yeah, it's tough. We I don't even know if, how far we were into it. I would say probably 35%. It was terrible. Yeah, there's one that got really criticized because you needed to know like a scuba diving or nautical term to solve it. And like a lot of people just didn't know it. So it was like, how am I supposed to decipher that word when I don't even know what it means? I've never gone scuba diving before. Right, yeah. So I mean, like I, that's like the Nautilus treasure or something. I don't remember what it's called. But those unlock games are really cool. They've gone over really well with everyone we've played them with. Um, and they do kind of feel like an unlock room a little bit. They get really bad co-op quarterbacking to a degree, but... I'm a quarterbacker usually, so I know to turn it down a little bit and let other people play and have fun. So yeah. I think they're an excellent thing for this. They bring people into the hobby. Really cool. I'm glad you got to play one, Jason. Yeah, it was fun. I am definitely want to try one again, and I'll let you know when I do. Very cool. All right. All right, Jason. Tell me about the game. Brace yourself. This one's really cool. It's Keyforge is the game. It's super cool. I love it a lot. I avoided it for a while. Um, it's by Richard Garfield and you're basically trying to forge these keys and the first person to gather 16 resources basically and, or 18 resources and get these keys forged wins. Um, but you forge them one at a time with six, you know, they call it Amber. Um, basically in this game though, it's, it's like really cool because you're trying to build a machine to get this resource, but then your other, other opponent is like setting you back with things they do. It's really cool. I really like it. Um, the decks, the cool thing about it, though, are the decks are pre-made, and you can never disassemble them or reassemble them or customize them in any way. You just deal with the deck you've got. So that, to me, has made this game so much more fun. Because when I would play Magic the Gathering, I would be like, well, how can I make this deck better? Like, what card could I put in there? Or what are there too many of? Or should I get more mana or whatever? Like, I'm always constantly, like, doing that second layer of thinking while I'm playing, like, on how do I do better the next time? On this game, you just do what you do, and you just play it, and you play the cards you have, and you just hope for the best, and you try and figure out how to play that deck the best possible. So it's really about playing the game, really focusing on playing. And it's just, I mean, it's so similar to a lot of other head-to-head card games like that. It's cheap. It's 10 bucks for a deck, and you're ready to go. Like, you can play the game if you had some little just counters and tokens around. Um, just a really fun deal. Um, I probably could do a whole podcast about this. Like, and I'm not talking an episode, like do like a weekly podcast just because I'm that excited about it right now. It's really fun. Everyone I've played it with has been really excited about it too. Um, it's everything that Magic the Gathering did for me ever at its peak. 
um, this does for me and maybe even better without all the hassle of thinking about, okay, I've got to look through albums of cards and try and make this thing better and better all the time. The other thing too is I went to a tournament for this already. Had a really good time. Had a lot of fun. I went one and two. Um, didn't do very well, but I had fun. The people who I played with were enjoying it too. Um, I've never even thought about going to a magic tournament because I was like, man, I'm just going to embarrass myself. So I think it's a much more casual game, much more fun game. Um, and it's just, it's just really cool. Um, just way how you can try and get synergy between cards and factions and just, it's a really neat game. It's almost one that you have to play it to really experience it. I do have a live play of it that Luke and I did on our Facebook page. So if you want to see it being played, uh, my son Luke and I played a game live the other day. Um, and you can check it out there. It's not the best quality video. Um, it's just basically a static camera of, from a phone that went live, but you can see it played there. And I'm sure there's a billion other videos out there of it. It's just a really fun game, though. I really like it. And Jason, I'm going to say you'd like it, too. Oh, I probably would. I played I played a ton of Magic. I think that's kind of what's jaded me because Magic is just so expensive. So I just always have that in the back of my head. Like, I don't want to get sucked into another one of these $1,000, $2,000 card games, and I still don't have a good deck. But I know it's just 10 bucks. I get that. But yeah, it's just the magic is in the back of my head jading me. Yeah, for sure. And me too. That's why I was like, the other thing too is like, if you're going to play a game like this, you almost make it your sport. So you have to play a couple matches a week at least to stay sharp. And so I'm like, do I have enough margin in my board game hobby time to really want to do that? And I don't know if I do or not, but I'm really enjoying it right now. And it's as soon as it stops being fun, I'll just be like, well, I'm done. And I bought, you know. Yeah. 70 bucks worth right. of decks or something and I'm done, yeah, not, you know? So I mean, bad. right. And 70 bucks worth of decks buys you a deck maybe. And that's considered cheap yeah. in magic. So it's, it's a really cool system though. Really fun. Um, and it's, it's neat to find some of the crazy names that you get. Like my son has one called the tinkerer who's in charge of the innkeepers, uh, knickknacks or something <laughs> crazy like that. And just, like a lot of fun, cool stuff that happens in there because um, each deck is uniquely named. Uh, just really fun, really cool. I think it's going to be around for a while. It's going to be a cash cow for FFG and keep them going forever too. So that's that's uh, Keyforge. Um, so anyway, yeah. Hey, uh, Jason, I'm going to do this too. Uh, my son and I started another podcast. It's going to come out maybe once or twice a year. Uh, and the episodes are three minutes long, so don't look too hard for it. <laughs> but it's called it's called Polky Talk. P-O-L-K-E-T-L-A-K with Luke and his dad. Uh, one episode, we talk about Pokemon and the Pokemon trading card game. The next episode, we talk about uh, President James K. Polk. <laughs> so um, anyway, look for that. It's up on iTunes now. Um, it'd be really funny if that became a meme and like got super popular on something that I farted out of my butt. <laughs> and this we actually work hard on. And it's like slow, steady growth. Yeah, that would be funny and depressing at the same time. <laughs> Kinda, <laughs> kinda. I would probably be like, "Hey, um, this is Pokey Talk with Luke and his dad." But here's a special guest episode <laughs> of Board Game Mechanics. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. No, I I can't complain, man. It's been awesome. The ride on on this side of the stuff has been awesome. You guys are really great fans and really awesome supporters. Um, anyway, that's that's not anything to do with what I played. And we have a show to do. So I guess we've got some stuff to do here, man. we got to talk some games. So I'll shut up now and let a bumper roll. Today we're doing 90 through 81. So they're better than 100 through 91. Well, in our opinions, I'm assuming. That's how I feel. I'm assuming you feel the same way. Like 10% better. <laughs> yeah, just a little better. Um, so... 
I won't talk about it anymore. We'll just dive into it. So my number 90 is it's in a trilogy of games from, I think, Final Frontier Games, and it is called Cavern Tavern. This is the same mm. company that did the new Robin Hood and the Merry Men game and Rise of Nobility. And essentially what this game is, is you're playing some cards trying to fulfill contracts for these people that are in this tavern. But every so often there's this guy named, I think his name's Grumpy, and, well, he gets grumpy, and he comes and slaps you around a little bit. So yeah, then you have to do some stuff to make him happy again, or you're going to start losing points each round. And if it takes you too long to give your guests drinks, you're also going to lose some points. There's some little worker placement places, too. It's an interesting little game. It plays like two... I played it two players a couple times, and it took about maybe 40 minutes. So if you're into Rise of Nobility, but you don't want maybe as long a game and not as much heft... I would check out Cavern Tavern because it's a good time. So my number 90, Cavern Tavern. You just gave it away, Jason, that you said there's a heavier version of it out there. So now people know, well, that game's higher. <laughs> I don't know if it is, actually. It, it, it probably is. I'd be surprised if it's not. Uh, I think it's on my list, even. Uh, Cavern Tavern isn't. I haven't played it. My number 90, though, is one that you've played, and I'm curious to see if it pops up in your top 100, because I know you really liked it, but I don't know if you top 100 liked it or not. Uh, my number 90 is For Sale. This is like, when I think of a filler game, like my automatic, like the thing that pops into my head automatically when I think of filler games is I think of For Sale, because it's one of the first filler games I played as a filler, but it's a great game. Just a really awesome auctioning and then selling game. Kind of trick-taking almost, the second half of the game. So it's like an auction game followed by like, it really is kind of a trick taping game um, where three tricks are being taken simultaneously kind of. Um, so, or there's like a first, second and third prize or however many players you have. Um, but for sale, really fun game, really fun game. And it's just dollar for dollar. One of the best games you can get. Uh, I just really, really, really enjoy it. Um, I have the travel edition, which is like seriously 10 bucks. Uh, you can get the box edition that has a thicker cardboard money in it and like slightly, if, slightly heavier cards for maybe 15 or 20. Um, but it's either way, it's a great game that I think it's been in my collection for at least six, seven years. And I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. It gets played with the right crowd all the time. A lot of table accessibility, just, just how the two phases work. It just is a lot of fun that you're, that you're, you know, starting off the game by buying properties with this cool auction mechanism. And then you sell those back for a profit and it's just really fun for sale. Yeah, I played the travel one, and I really like it. I've been trying to buy it, but every time I find it, I, I just don't want to spend $14. So I'm just a cheapskate. But, yeah, I really do like for sale, and I'd like to take it to some of the game groups that I play with with non-gamers. I think they would dig it. Yeah, for sure. It's something that you can teach anybody. Like, I played this with my 90-year-old grandpa before he passed away. So, I mean, like, it's that kind of game. Yeah, that's cool. All right, my number 89 is a queen game. Um, and there'll probably be more queen games coming later. So that is a game that I got for $10 at I think like a Black Friday sale or something or a queen closeout sale on Amazon. And it is called Liguria. And what this game is... Interesting. Yeah, it's like the it's the prequel of sorts or sequel of sorts to Fresco. So you're, you have these boats. You're going around to these islands and collecting paints to fulfill these contracts to go take to the guy who's painting the fresco in the fresco game. And you're trying to build up like get influence on these islands. Cause if you can have the most influence, you're going to get some stuff at the end. You're trying to collect these tiles to get some like bonuses. If you can collect some sets, it's a really easy game. And I don't know why it's like 10 bucks. 
and people don't like it, but I enjoy it. It's a good time. So my number 89 is Liguria. Yeah, keep an eye on Queen Games on Amazon. They go on insane sales sometimes. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. If they just overproduce them like crazy or if a forklift backs into some of them and they sell slightly damaged ones or what. But for sure, like this game, Parfume, Thebes, uh, Lost Legends, all those games are like under 20 bucks pretty regularly. Yeah, for sure. That's why I get why I have so many of them. <laughs> World Monuments. I mean, just a lot of them. So, yeah, I mean, that's just something to keep an eye out for, for sure. Um, I have not played this one. I like Fresco, but I have not played this one. This isn't as heavy as Fresco, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, cool. So we know Fresco's up on the list yet. <laughs> that doesn't. That's not the criteria. Well, it kind of is. I guess you're right. I'll tell you what, Jason. I'll 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 expose that I have Fresco on my list higher, but not even today higher. So higher than today's list. So uh, that's a little little tidbit for you guys to keep you hungry for higher on the list stuff. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, my number 89, is that what we're on? Yeah, it looks like it. Yep. Is Takenoko. This is a game that's just super adorable, really cute, with this little panda bear that eats bamboo. And then you put the bamboo in his belly on your player mat, and there's a gardener who makes the bamboo grow. You're doing basic set collection stuff. You're trying to get this bamboo or get different like irrigation down or different things for different criteria get cloisters of a different kind of land um in different patterns and just it's all set collection that you can do and after you get a certain number of the sets completed uh, the game's over and so it's kind of a race um to see you can get this done first the cool thing about it is if you've ever seen this game it's got the three-dimensional bamboo that sticks up on the table that's kind of fun um it's it's a neat game. It's one that you can't store on its side at all because it'll take you like longer to set the game up than to play it if you have all that bamboo like spilt together. But um, a really cool game has an interesting lavender box insert too, which is uh, you know kind of unique to this game too. Um, but just a fun, cute game. Definitely gateway. Definitely something that you could play with anybody. A lot of fun though. Um, simple but just fun. Is this with or without the chibis? I have never played with the chibis. I have the chibis and I haven't played with them yet either. I was just wondering. So, without, I guess. Yeah, this is a good game. I like it. And I have played it with lots of people who don't usually play games and it's gone over very well because it's cute. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much it. Another th- weird thing is this game's in like everybody's collection. And I think everybody's afraid to put it in like their best of list because they're like ashamed of it. But if you look at everybody's board game collection, you see Takenoko right there in the front row. Yeah, dude, I have no shame. I have, like, no shame. Oh, yeah. I, I'll play this over Takedo any day, too. And Takedo's kind of a cool, like, I have this zen, cool Takedo game in my collection. Right. And I don't know. These games get compared because the names sound kind of similar. And they're <laughs> right. Asian games. But, I mean, like, they're totally different yeah, games. nothing like at all. This one's just pure fun. I like it a lot. If you didn't put it in your top 100, Jason, you're going to be the king of the hypocrites. You better figure out how to get that worked out. <laughs> I know. I better. Let me let me do some browsing here. Let me make sure. <laughs> that would be really bad. That would be really bad. Uh, that's you a, don't have the guts to put this on your top 100. <laughs> this is really bad. But everyone has it on their shelf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll put a fork in that one for a second. Uh, and we'll we'll make that better later. All right. Number one hundred and one for Jason was Takenoko. <laughs> if you guys missed it, yeah. All right, back to the list. Uh, my number eighty-eight. Yes, eighty-eight 
is another Queen's game. Imagine that. And it is another game I got for super cheap, and it's called Queen's Architect. Uh, this is um, like a, a worker movement game. You're moving your little carriage around to these little villages, and you're trying to recruit these workers to come sit in your, like, you have a rondelle that's in front of you that you're moving this little action selection wheel around. And these workers are going to come into your, around your rondelle. And every time you use them to build buildings in these cities, which is how you score your points, they turn into less valuable. And once they hit a certain point, they get retired. And then you have to get new workers. And each city requires different types of builders that can build there. And whoever builds in the city first gets more points. And you're trying to be the first person to get so much prestige and then go build for the queen. And whoever does that first is the winner. So if you haven't played this game, I would recommend it. You can probably get it for like 15 bucks if you wait. And it's enjoyable. It's like Gateway Plus maybe, a little heavier than that. So if you're into family-sized games that you've never heard of, go check out Queen's Architect. Yeah, this is a cool game for sure. And I kind of think in my mind at least, maybe not everybody else's, but in my mind, I compare it subconsciously to Cleopatra and the Society of Architects and think like, I don't know, like I just compare the two games in my mind um, and get them confused. But I I don't know that I've ever played this one, honestly. Um, I've seen it on a lot of bargain shelves and heard you say that it's good. Um, May have to check this one out. Queen's Architect. Yep, it's good. Uh, My number 88 is a game that, Jason, if you could just get over the fact that it's in space, you would absolutely love it because it pretends like it's a fighting game, but it's not at all. And that is Eclipse. Um, this is just totally a customize your your civilization, 4X-ish game. Um, it's a lot of just like, how do I maximize my economy and just try and get everything to be the best, like how I gather resources to get better technology, to get better resources. And really, honestly, if you strategically place yourself, um, you can avoid combat really well the whole game. So it does have combat in it. I know that's going to be a downfall to you, and it does have have space in it but it's such a good game it's a heavy game uh neat game and i think this one's going to be on people's list of games they love so this one's i don't know jason i think this might have been just before you got really into gaming that this game became like a cult like everyone was talking about how great it was everyone was playing it everyone had to buy it it was so hard to find for months on end um, and then it was like, did you get a chance to play it yet? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, that kind of thing. So we've seen that a lot. This was one of those games at one time. And then people started to try and compare it to TI3 at the time. And it got beat up for that. And then it became kind of the cool thing to be like, well, I don't think it's that good of a game. So it kind of died off a little bit. Um, now it's being put out by, I think it's Colossal Games that did the reprint on this, on uh, Kickstarter this year, uh, this last year in 2018, now that it's 2019. And, um, I think it's going to get some steam again. It's a really good game. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to this. I heard it's basically like a Euro game in space. So I may have to give this one a go. For sure. That game was Eclipse, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Um, so my 87 is a historical theme game. And it is from, I forget who the company is, Jolly Roger Games. And it is called Founding Fathers. This is a game I probably shouldn't like because it's kind of mean. But... I enjoy it because it feels like it goes with the theme. So what you're doing is in this game is you are trying to vote in these new like bill of rights or articles of the confederation or whatever you want to call it. And you're doing this by either voting either for the, for the article or against it, or you're voting or using your characters for the special power, or that you're going to send them off to delegation 
to in one of the four types of uh, groups that they have. So Federalist, Anti-Federalist, Big Government, and Small Government. And you're going to get points based on how well you do in the, the congregation or congressional track, how well you win votes, and by how many of these certain kinds of tokens you can get at the end. It's a fun little game. It feels kind of like you're you know, there when they're trying to come up with the Bill of Rights, and I want to play it more. I haven't gotten to play it a ton because it's hard to find, and I need to have three people. So that's Founding Fathers, and that is my number 87. Yeah, you can find used copies on BoardGameGeek, but they're kind of expensive still, like over 30 bucks for a used game. Um, I'm... I'm going to be honest, I'm not done with this one because this game, to me, like I'm sure it's fun and I'm sure it's a good game, but it looks like a game that you'd buy at the gift shop at a national park. Like That's what the front of the box looks like. And I judge most of my games by what they look like. So It really does. I'm real shallow like that. It really does look terrible on the box, but the gameplay is really fun. It doesn't really look much better inside, but it's fun. Yeah, it it looks like uh, Flashpoint Fire Rescue, like the board does. Um, Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's I've heard good things for sure, but it's definitely one that's not easy to find. And if it sounds interesting to you, I would suggest you find it because I don't foresee this one getting easier to find. Honestly, um, it's kind of an older game. It's like I think probably five to ten years old. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, pretty cool though that you're so into it. Um, how long's this one? Uh, I think we played maybe two games in like three three and a half hours, so hour and a half a game maybe. Wow. Which isn't which isn't terrible. Huh. That's uh huh. That's pretty cool. And you played it back to back? Yeah, we did a learning game and then we enjoyed it so much we played it again. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't normally play games back to back, so that says something. And that's the only two times I've ever played it. So the fact that it's on my list at eighty seven, it's memorable for sure. Finding Fathers. Very cool. Uh my number eighty seven, Jason, is a game that is in space, but it couldn't be much more opposite of Eclipse. Uh, and that is Star Realms. I really like this game. It's a cool little deck builder, super compact, super easy to get to the table, easy to travel with it. You're basically buying ships from these different factions, and then the factions synergize. So you try the best you can to try and like specialize in one faction. Um, from what I found... The Blob faction is really good and overpowered, and unless you make an effort to not let someone buy all the Blob cards, they're going to win, um, which is one of the factions. But then there's one that like lets you draw extra cards. There's one that lets you heal yourself, and it's kind of a head-to-head, back-and-forth kind of fighting game. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like Ascension or even Magic the Gathering, and I know it was created by Magic players who were like, I don't want to do Magic anymore. So... Um, there's definitely some feels towards magic in it a little bit, um, but it's cool because you, you're just working with these two currencies, trying to fight and trying to buy more things and upgrade. So um, Star Realms is mine. I've got to make a slight confession here. I think I'd really like Hero Realms, but I've never played it. And I've never played it because I've never just had a real huge desire to. Also, I, I don't know anybody owns it, and I'm not going to spend the money to buy it probably um, when I've already got Star Realms is kind of my thoughts. Even though they are different games, I feel like they're similar enough that I'm pretty content with Star Realms. So that's my number 87, Star Realms. I own Hero Realms, so and I have the cooperative campaign and the boss decks. Um, I you play seem Star- to like it then. Yeah, I do like it. So Star Realms, I played that a lot on the iPad, 
and I play Hero Realms with actual decks. So yeah, I like both of these games. They're really good. Good job, Jason. That makes me happy that you that you like that quite a bit, and uh, you get one of these. <laughs> Thanks. That was a really bad time to work that in, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Make it work. All right. So my number eighty six is a two two player only game. <laughs> <laughs> called Akrotiri. <laughs> uh, so, Say it again, so that way the people who actually care. <laughs> Akrotiri. Wow, so, I've never even heard of this game. Yeah, so this is a two-player game. It's tile laying and pick up and deliver at the same time. So on your turn, you're going to place a tile. And then you have this boat. Everybody starts on this center island. You have this boat that you're trying to travel around connected paths to other islands to collect these resources that are on the boat on the the island bring it back to the center island to deliver it the um, goods are going to be more valuable if there's i think less of them out and they're less valuable if there are more of them out on the island so you can maybe be able to pick up three green ones for that one red one but the one red one could be worth as much money as the three green ones and then you're also trying to get these goal cards that are going to give you directions to these hidden temples that are on islands based on how many of certain colored icons are on each tile. So say I place a tile and there's a red icon facing north and a blue icon facing west and then three tiles to the south there's like a a blue icon and my card says I have to build somewhere where there's a red icon facing north whatever I just said and I can go there and put one of my temples on that island and it's going to score me a pile of points. So it's a two-player game but it is a deep thinky two-player game and it's probably one of my favorite two-player games. That's why it's on my list at number 86, and that is Acro Tiri. Very cool. I uh, will have to look up pictures of this on the Geek because it sounds interesting. Just don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's really good. Rado has a good run-through you can check out. My 86, Jason, is completely opposite of what you just talked about. It's a silly lying game. Um, Sheriff of Nottingham is my number 86. I really like this game. It's a cool game. It's amongst my favorite party-ish, um, wackadoo, we're going to lie and deceive each other uh, kind of games out there. It's also really cool because this is one of those games where if you're playing Secret Hitler or something like that, you can't really do that game without lying. Um, this one you can. like You can totally play this game, not have to lie the whole game, just play completely honestly and be competitive. So... That to me is kind of interesting too. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's a cool game. Uh, that game is Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, I agree. This is a good game. I'm not actually sure if it's on my list, but I have played this game a lot. So if it's not on my list, it's probably because I've just worn it out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good game for sure. All right. So my number 85 is a Days of Wonder game. And this is the Days of Wonder game that no one seems to like at all. But I actually like it and I acquired it this year. And I've played it a few times since, and that is Cargo Noir. This is a slowed down auction set collection game that takes place over like nine or ten rounds, depending on the player count. You're just placing bids out with these boats on these territories to collect goods tokens. You're going to cash in sets of good tokens for money to get cards that are worth points at the end of the game. That's the whole entire game. I like it. A lot of people don't. So that's why I made my list at 85. Cargo Noir. Yeah, I had a trade offer for this one, actually, believe it or not, uh, a little while ago, and I didn't take it. Um, I don't know. I can't really tell you why I didn't. 
uh, other than I just I just didn't. Um, I know you like it a lot. I know just it was so panned that I guess really if you went into it, like when you go to see a movie that has like a Rotten Tomato score of thirteen or something, you're like the bar's really low. I'm really gonna like hate this movie, and then it's okay, and you really like it, you know. So I'm wondering if that would be the situation for me on this one. That it's actually a pretty solid game, and it's just been beat up enough that I actually would like it if I gave it a chance, but I just have it. I don't know. Pretty cool though. It's it's a Days of Wonder game, so it's got good components, I'm sure. Yep, and good art. Very cool. My Jason, my number eighty five is a game in which you play with poker chips, and it's called Splendor. Um, it's basically a little like set collection kind of game where you're trying to figure out how to plan out getting the right the right combination of resources to buy cards, and then those cards make you stronger, so you can buy cards faster. And it's like you're building a little machine. Get this thing sped up, and then by the time you get it really rocking, the game's over. So um, that's that's Splendor. I will I will admit this game is more fun. I think because you have these big chunky plastic chips that you play with. Um, but I think it's I think it's just a really good game, rock solid game. There's other games now that I think like Century Spice Road, for example, have come along and utilized some of the same ideas in it, and maybe even done it better. But this is the original kind of of that that genre. And I really do enjoy this game still. It stayed in my collection, and that's Splendor. Yeah, I like this game. This this is a game I played a lot. Me and Katie used to play this a lot. We haven't played it in a long time, but yeah, I do enjoy it. Yep, it's a good one. All right, so my number four is one of my favorite deck building games. I'm not going to say my favorite because, again, I'm not looking any further on my list. And it is from Renegade, and it is called Clank. I like this game because it's a deck building game, but it also has a little board play where you're trying to move down this board to collect some artifacts or whatever they are. And you're trying to get up to the top and escape before anybody else to win the game. Basically you're just playing cards that are going to either make you noisy and give you more chances to die from the dragon or maybe help you get down lower into the dungeon. Normal deck building stuff, but the little board play is kind of interesting. So that's my number 84. And that is clank. That's a good game. I have clank in space. I, I haven't played the actual original clank, um, but I would love to because I hear that it's they're actually kind of different games. Yeah, they're, um, they're very different. Yeah. I mean, the modular board and in, in the space game is why I think I went with that one. Um, and I knew other people who own regular Clank, so I tried to diversify my collection a little. But I mean, I think if I had it to do over, I don't know, man. I might just get the original Clank because it's just a cool theme. The run in, steal the, the dragon's gold. Just that whole thing is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I Clank, it. very cool. Uh, Jason, my number 84, I think is what we're on. Yep. Is uh, a Gizia or a Gizia, however you want to say it. This is a game where you're. There's a lot of games like this that have come around since, um, where it's like you're doing laps. Like the game Raids, which if I had played it earlier, might have replaced this one actually, um, is similar in that you're going one direction, you can't go backwards, and while you're on different spots, you can do certain things. You can go slow. And try not to miss out on things or go first and get your pick of things is kind of the heart of it a little bit. Um, but on this one, you're trying to, you know, feed workers, build great monuments, things like that. Um, really a neat game. Um, and I think the designers on this game, I don't remember. It's like a collective of designers is the name they go by, I think. But that that in that collective, there's been some really successful designers since then. And this might be where they got their start at. Um, I don't quote me on that, but I think that's right. And you probably know more about that than I do, Jason. So you'll probably add to that 
which is awesome. That's why you're here um, to like help tie up the loose ends that I create. Um, but I really do enjoy this game. Kind of hard to find. I kind of looked into it because of Jason, um, but I enjoy it. And I think you'd like it too, Jason. Oh yeah, I definitely want to play this. Uh, yeah, it's by, from that uh, collective Aka Tokia or something. Right. They, they also did um, Leonardo da Vinci, and the dudes are um, like Flaminia Brazzini and Virginio Healy. I think they did Marco Polo and Lorenzo or some some you know those Italian guys that do all those right. amazing games. Yeah, so I definitely want to play this game a lot. Yep, it's a good game, and it doesn't look too great. It looks like that era of board games where everything looked like Dominion, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, it's just, it's got a kind of certain look to it. It looks like, it looks like, uh, Tigris and Euphrates almost, but it's a better playing game than it looks for sure. Yep. Uh, for sure. I would play it. Can't wait to play it sometime. Uh, my number 83 is that game. That game was a Jeezia, by the way, for those who want us to repeat (laughs) names. Oh yeah. Uh, my number 83 is another renegade game. And it is a dice placement, uh, move some dudes around on the board, collect some goods to do, complete some resources, and it's called Covert. So, yeah, I I found this game at a local game shop on a whim, never heard of it, picked it up. It was when Renegade was just, you know, not really who Renegade is now. And I brought it back, and I saw it was dice placement, I was in, and then, yeah, that's it. So you're... Using your dice, you're um, putting them on these action spaces to get contracts, to go buy, get cards that are like um, passports, guns, and just stuff to fulfill contracts. Or you're going there to be able to complete your missions, or you're going to go there to be able to move your guys around a map to get them into correct cities so you can use the cities in mission completion too. So it's basically contract fulfillment in a really cool way. So if you're into that and dice placement, I recommend my number 83, Covert. Yeah, Pretty good game, Jason. And I think this is one game where I actually may have um, beat Katie at it. I think I think I might have beat Katie, honestly. Oh, yeah, I think you did win. Yeah, I think so. So that makes it feel good. I should have put it in my top 10, but instead I didn't <laughs> put it on my list at all. It is a cool game, though. It's really cool. And the theme is awesome. Like, There's a ton of games about trading on the Mediterranean. This one's just different. It's a cool theme for sure. And it works. And it's just got kind of some cool layers to it. Good selection, Jason. Covert. Yep, I dig it. Uh, my number 83, Jason. I'm going to be really curious if this makes your list. I kind of think it will. I kind of hope it does, just because it would say a lot about us. Uh, my number 83 is My Little Scythe. I really like this game. It's definitely a kid's game. It feels like a kid's game. It's just light and easy, but it does everything that Scythe does in just a really light and easy, quick way. And it's it's cool. Um it's a fun game. If you've got younger kids, they can pick it up pretty quick, and I think they would really enjoy it. Um, I really enjoy it as a grown-up, too. It, it's just really cool. And if you've played Scythe and you like Scythe and you think, man, what would it be like to play like a travel edition or a light edition of this that plays in 40 minutes tops, My Little Scythe is for you. It's a really fun little game. The, and the production value on it is just so over the top that it definitely doesn't hurt anything. But My Little Scythe is my number 83 Totally agree. I've only played this game with adults, never played it with kids, and I love it every single time. So, yeah, it's definitely on my list. So, good spoiler there. Good, good, good. I'm glad it is because it's a good game. Yeah, it is. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it so much that my number 82 is Scythe. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's going to come in slightly higher than Scythe. Yes, slightly higher. Well, I've one, I've played it more. 
than scythe and two i i don't know i think that it's cuter and i kind of like the theme a little better so yeah i'm going with that the way uh, how they've packaged regular scythe now it's become like an event game you know what i mean like there's so many modules for it there's so many expansions for it you almost need somebody who's sorted through all that and can like guide you like a tour guide through that game my little scythe man just throw it on the table and play it a lot that's of fun true that is true but it, like back to side the real game you're talking about yeah, so Scythe is the granddaddy of My Little Scythe, or dad, whatever you want to call it. And essentially in this game, you have this little player board. You're moving your little action selector around, and you're trying to move your mechs and your guys around to get resources, maybe win some battles in some territories. And you're trying to be the first person to get a certain amount of stars in normal Stegmire fashion. And this is a game that I only played with you one time, but it was memorable enough that it made my number 82. And I'd like to play it some more, but again, like you said... Either somebody needs to have it, have all the stuff for it, be ready to bust it out and play it, or it just sits there. So number number 82, Scythe, not as good as my little Scythe, but still good. My number 82, Jason, is so good, and it's the exact same game. No, it's not Scythe. I am <laughs> tried to make a joke there, but it just say, didn't work. Scythe is so much higher for you, I'm sure. It is. It's quite a bit higher. I think it's at least like six higher. Um, probably more. Uh, my number 81, Jason, 82, Jason, is uh, a really cool game. It's in the card crafting series uh, from AEG, and that game is Mystic Veil. It's a cool game. I really like it. It's got this kind of cool push-your-luck thing with when you draw cards. It just works out really well on how you build these cards to try and buy victory points, basically. It's doing for card crafting what Dominion did for deck building. Um, and I'm really curious to see where they go with this card card crafting system. I know they have the Edge of Darkness or whatever that game's called that's coming out or is out. That's the card crafting thing. And then they also have Custom Heroes. So they're big into it. But this is the first one that started it. It did a good job with it. It made it, it, made it, it was a big enough success that it allowed for these other various ways to do these games to come out and be a thing. So um, it must be decent. Um, but that game is Mystic Veil. Yeah, I haven't gotten to play this, but I would like to because I think the premise is interesting. So, yeah, someday. And I will tell you this. I'm going to be honest. Um, I did have another game in there, and I was looking over my list today, and I was like, no, I can't I can't leave Mystic Veil off and put that one on there. Because like I just had some bad experiences with it lately, and that's Cry Havoc. So Cry Havoc was actually like eighty two, and I just man I dropped it all the way off my list. So wow, that was kind of an audible, and that kind of also tells you too like these games are more like tiers of games. So like these lower twenty are games that like depending on my mood, number eighty could be number one hundred, and number one hundred could be number eighty. Like I don't know, I just my mood definitely determines what I want to play sometimes. And these bottom tier games. Like up to probably number 60 or 50 are all games that I kind of feel the same about. Like I really enjoy them, but it kind of, you kind of have to feel them a little bit for me, at least still at this point. Um, games from, from 60 up, I'm like, those are like anytime, anywhere games. But yeah. So anyway, Mystic Veil is my number 82. Cool. Uh, my number 81 and the last one I'm going to talk about this week is a game from Breaking Games, I think. And it is called The King's Abbey. And this is another dice Ooh. placement game because I really dig dice placement games in case you can pick up on that. And each player has their own Abbey board and you're going to roll your dice and you're going, it takes place over like 12 phases. So on your turn, you're going to place dice in your Abbey to prepare people to go off on these, these quests 
or maybe send them to fight in the castle to defend you against the darkness or maybe uh, they're going to go out onto the main board and collect resources for you or go get some more buildings or whatever and you're just trying to be the first the person who builds the most buildings and has the most points at the end of the game it's a really fun game. It's interesting because there's so many things going on. You got to decide if you want to use your dice on your own board or if you want to send them out to the main board. But if you wait too long going to the main board, all the spaces might be taken. But you can always put stuff on your own board. So it's interesting. There's some dice and some meeple play, and it's a good balance of everything that I dig. So if you like interesting dice placement, worker placement games, I would say check out King's Abbey, my number 81. Very cool. Uh, fun facts about this game, Jason. I don't know if you know this or not. But this game actually was created on a uh, Tandy computer running Windows 3.1. And it actually was designed in Microsoft Works, not even Microsoft Word. So pretty cool that they were able to create this game on a 40-year-old computer and with a dog <laughs> doing the graphic design. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it does not look great. That is for sure. But it is fun. It might be amongst the highest bad looking to how good the game is on this list. Uh, it really, it looks homemade kind of, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it it's from all, from all accounts, it's a pretty good game. Yep. It's good. Oh, it's just a brief sidebar here, Jason. Uh, I want to plug our YouTube channel, go over there and watch it. Like a lot of these games we're talking about have reviews up on YouTube from us. And I think maybe we're to the point where like, I think, I don't know, Jason, I'm going to just challenge us. I think we should put more of these reviews up of our top 100 games. If we love them so much, let's put reviews up of them. I agree. Um, so anyway, I'm going to try and do some more of that too. So go over to our YouTube channel. And I, I'm in. I, I thought of this little like divergent path through the woods because I'm looking at my shelf here next to me and Raids is on there. And like I mentioned that game already once, it's such a good game. And you told me it was going to be. And it's just, it's a really good game. Um, I really like it. So it didn't make my list, but if I had played it earlier, it probably would be on there. But you can see a review for it and a lot of other stuff on our YouTube channel. So go check that out. I think we're, man, we're breaking another milestone on the YouTube channel here real soon too. So that'll be awesome. Uh, go over and subscribe and watch the stuff. Okay, so enough with that. I know everyone's like really waiting with bated breath for number 81. This is a quick game. <laughs> this is one of those games that you can get. Well, I don't know if you can get it cheap still or not, but I got it for like nine bucks. So this is maybe like one of my best bargain games on here. That game is Thebes. I really like this game. It's a cool game. It has this really like cool time track element where everything you do costs time. So on your turn, you can spend a lot of time and do something big or spend a little time and do something small. You're kind of balancing like your actions based on how much time you want to spend doing different things. And the only thing that I think this game's kind of rough about is it does have a lot of luck in it and that you're drawing little chits out of a bag. But even then you can kind of minimize that. But sometimes you draw the chits out and there's nothing on them and you just went out and dug and didn't get any artifacts. Um, and I guess that probably is a little bit thematic. I mean, I'm sure there's times where Indiana Jones like went out with the best intentions to find the best stuff and just never was able to. So um, anyway, my number 81 is Thebes. Really cool little game. Good production value. One of my favorite queen games. Yeah, I think that scenario you were talking about with Indiana Jones was Temple of, the Doom, or Temple of Doom. Pretty sure. Is that what it was? Yeah, he didn't go find anything in that other than kids being trapped by this fire guy. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. <laughs> what a disappointment. You're looking for treasure and you find some kids underground. I think it's like us going to watch the the uh, Crystal Skulls one. We were hoping <laughs> yeah. to find a Indiana Jones movie, but we ended up really disappointed. Yeah, that movie was to not good. To just see an old, an old Harrison Ford <laughs> trying to be Indiana Jones. Yeah, it was sad. It was. <laughs> well. Man, I want to do another 10, Jason, but I guess we got to wait a week. Yep. So 
the the next group of games I have though are really really rock solid games. Let's look at mine. What do I got going on? Yeah, they're okay. Mine are okay. My my biggest dropper is in this next group. My game that was like I think it was either number one or two or three. This is in my top three is in this next group. So that's that's <laughs> wow, fun. Wow, that's crazy. Dropped like seventy some spots, but <laughs> I mean I just really soured on this game. That's funny. Yeah, I, I got some good ones. But some I probably have some clunkers that people think in here too, so that's okay. So again, all these games that we talk about are games that we really love. Just because like it's your favorite game and it's at R80 spot or whatever, doesn't mean we don't like it. We love all these games. These are games that I think in this in this group of ten, I own every one of these games. So I mean they're just really good games that we like. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, I actually don't own some of mine, but that's okay. Oh, Jason. There, that was fitting. Good job. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> For those of you who are nervous, the uh, the soundboard, I I think it's going to get retired <laughs> after this show. Um, we can pretend like it's going to get retired because that way when it comes out and makes noises, it'll be extra fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Hey, Jason, what, what do you think about the soundboard? Oh, you must really like it if you laugh that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like there's like 12 of me laughing. You did a very good trick there. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what, Jason? It's been about an hour. I think that's about what we do, right? Yep. Yep. Hey, you've only got seven hours of the workday left. Good job. You burnt one with us. Or you're almost at Grandma's house, if that's where you're listening to this in the car on the way to Grandma's house. I don't yep. know. Over the river through the woods. All right. Well, hey, I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. And keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.